This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello to all of you. Happy Friday. You can instantly tell we are not in the studio. We are in two different states, two different time zones, because <laughs> I have just finished the piece for uh, for the, you guys should be watching today. If you haven't seen it already, it's an awesome piece about is the Toyota Prius fun? And Paul is in Hawaii on a Toyota event. <laughs> Can't believe it. We are here for the Grand Highlander event. Uh, the embargo on that has not lifted yet, so I can't talk much about it. But at the same time, the embargo has lifted for the new Toyota Tacoma. Everybody is talking about it here. It's it's actually been nice to be here, man. And I, I, I know you're not here seeing everybody, but it's so interesting how every all, all the journalists here, you know, all the YouTubers, everybody here, mm -hmm. everybody knows each other or has heard sure. of each other at some point. And so, you know, I'm having dinner with Lauren Fix and Jill Simonio and Kristen Shaw. They are the brute squad from Rebel Rally. And who else? George Nataris and Jack Holmes from Savage Geese and yeah, yeah. Andre and Roman from TFL. And it's like everybody knows what kind of everybody else is doing. And sure. it's, uh, it's nice to just catch up with people. So everybody talks about the car companies. Everybody talks about the audience. And it's just so funny to, to hear all this interaction <laughs> and, and uh, nice to be here. So we are, we are well represented. But this new Tacoma is just revealed as of this embargo, the 2024 Toyota Tacoma. And there's a few standouts that are dropping the jaws of everybody here in attendance. Okay. First of okay. all is the power. The standard iForce Turbo 2.4 liter four-cylinder is 278 horsepower with 317 pound-feet of torque. That's nice, yeah. but the new iForce Max Turbo 2.4 liter has 326 horsepower and 465 pound-feet of torque, which is 65 more than the Ranger Raptor. It's interesting compare. Crazy. I thought about that. All people can talk about right now is, oh my gosh, the Ranger Raptor, that's what we're all waiting for. Yeah, this is way more powerful. And then they're introducing a Trail Hunter factory-developed overlander built from the ground up, integrating parts from ARB, Old Man Emu, and Rigid. And this is also including on the TRD Pro the first isodynamic performance seat for enhanced off-road driving. Everybody is talking about seats. It's going to start seat wars, I guarantee. So it, hang on, it's a... It's like a shock absorber seat for those with bad backs. Is this what we're talking about? Pretty much, or everybody, I anybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> anybody that doesn't like off-roading because it hurts is going to be solved by the new Tacoma yes. seats. Yeah, got it. And on the back, Amazing. it has twin shocks and twin air pressure dials. Toyota says this is a segment first. The goal is to stabilize yeah, is. the driver's field of vision to reduce fatigue while you're on rugged trails, and it uses an air over oil shock absorber system allowing for vertical and lateral seat movement to dampen body movement, stabilize your head and neck. So think like the, the person driving the city bus, you know, they're like fine. Yeah. Everybody on, uh, yeah, else on the yeah, bus yeah. is like, ow. And the driver's fine, they're floating, they're, they're not even moving. It's that kind of system that you know GM and Ford and everybody else is gonna go, well, that's cool. 
well, we should develop our own because no, they're going to go. That. Dang it, we got to do that now. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> how I'm fast did we do that? Yeah. I'm predicting it now. It's starting seat wars. Yes, power has always been the thing, and of course, off-road capability. But at this point, it is going to be seat wars. Who can suspend? It's going to be an option, of course. But who can suspend the driver yeah, and yeah. passenger and make them just float? And th this is so cool looking. Air shocks and dials on the backs of these seats. That's the big news for this thing. Isodynamic performance seat. And they're they're sweet. They're cool. That's craziness. That's well, real craziness. The stats and specs on this truck are so impressive. It looks really good. Everybody's impressed with it. And at this point, it is not a drive. It's just a reveal. Yeah. But they have revealed all the pricing, all the specs, everything about it. And that, that power is absolutely astounding. It's a 48 horsepower electric motor assisting the turbo transmission and mm -hmm. then uh sorry the turbo engine and then there's also a manual transmission available uh but there's like eight different flavors with trim levels and they are i hate, I hate to say this out loud but i'm just thinking about all the dealer markup that everybody is experiencing Terrible. and how we're you know we're wanting these sports cars I wonder if that's going to happen to Tacomas now. Well, I, but oh, yeah, I I, that's the whole market. I, I agree. But, but the I, other thing about it uh, is this is this is on the Tundra Sequoia chassis now, so it means it's going to make it a bigger animal too. It's bigger. It's that TNGAF global truck platform mm -hmm. with Tundra and Sequoia, yeah, yeah. but it was designed fully for the U.S. market. I mean, yeah. 465 pound-feet of torque in a taco. Yeah. Yeah. The engine output wow. is almost okay. double the prior V6. Yeah, it's craziness. Well, this is the benefit <laughs> of turbos and hybrids. I mean, you know, the, the, and, and look, let me be the dissenting voice for a second, and that is, you know, the, the real taco lovers, or the, I know, the real tundra lovers, are going to be frustrated with this because, of course, it is turbo and now hybrid, and so that's complication, and so I want to go in the backcountry and that V6 and V8 you used to have in the tundra and the mm -hmm. taco will run till the earth stops spinning because they were simple, blah, 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 blah. That's going to be the situation. That's going to be the argument. However, this is the industry, too. I mean, if, if mm -hmm. Toyota had released the new Taco with a new naturally aspirated engine, everybody would have gone wah, wah. I mean, they, but this has something, the fact that it is more than the Ranger Raptor, that is a very interesting throwdown moment that is gonna make people take notice. Yeah. And the, the, one of the best things about the last Tacoma, and I look, I know there's Tacoma lovers out there that love, you know, they say they're gonna drive them to the moon and back. I get it, but it looked great. It was the best, most rugged looking truck in the segment. Thankfully, it also happened to be reliable and good. But this one looks cool as well. So it looks cool with more power. From a, from a standard, I'm going to be cynical, from a standard marketing boxes to check sheet, we have checked the primary boxes. More powerful, looks good. <laughs> oh, and now we have really cool space-age seats yeah. so you can bounce around. And, and I hate to say this because it's such a buzzword right now, which is why they did it. We have a, a from-the-factory overlanding trim. Yes. You've, you've, here's the thing. You, you don't, you don't overland. You've never overlanded. You've heard the term on the news. You've thought, huh, what is overlanding? Should I do overlanding? And then the Tacoma comes along with an overlanding package from the factory. I could, I could go overlanding. <laughs> yes. That's what it's oh. done. That's what SUVs have done for many buyers is I yes. could add some kind of cool new sport or activity to my life. This is going to add overlanding to everybody else's life. But you have to use this just like sports cars mm -hmm. have to be taken to the track and especially the very high performance ones 
you did it wrong if you bought one of these and you didn't bash around and take it off-road and actually kind of see what it can do. Like You're going to see a pristine overlanding yes, edition in a I Starbucks drive-thru. You know you are. I hope yeah. not. But I think taco drivers, they're, they're different than Land Rover drivers, right? I, I think taco drivers actually scramble up a lo- sides a of mountains. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. But a lot of people also buy the taco because it looks cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and, and this I, one looks really cool. It's here's the big great. thing I'm hoping for, since it isn't a drive yet. I'm hoping that the ergonomics are worlds better, because the ergonomics on the last Tacoma made me want to get out in 10 minutes. Oh, so, I agree. The, the, let's hope they solve Many of the generations. That. I agree. This is bigger. It's different. Uh, yes, there, there's a lot to like about this thing. They have thrown it looks very cool. Yes, they have. Well, they needed to. The last Tacoma's been around for almost two decades. Yeah. So if you're going to replace that, you better swing big. When they have. They really yeah. have. If you haven't seen it already on our original YouTube channel, the Everyday Driver channel on YouTube, you can go to everydaydriver.com. There's a YouTube tab there. You can find both our channels. On the original channel, we just released a brand new video we have wanted to do for a while since the new Prius got announced. Many of you have written to us in the questions for social media or just written us emails and asked questions and essentially said, hang on, hang on. Based on the new stats of the new Prius, is this a performance car option now? Is this like an enthusiast commuter car? And we got enough commentary about that and we, and we got curious enough about it as well that we wanted to make a piece that actually tried to answer that question, which is an atypical Prius discussion. And we're thrilled about it. We have it with a, a Hyundai Elantra. And I want to be clear, we did not put it with a Hyundai Elantra because we we're like, let's see what's more fun, man. That was not the point. It's not mm-hmm. a head-to-head. Everybody knows the Elantra is an excellent front-wheel drive, four-door, four-seat performance car. So here comes the Prius, a front-wheel drive, four-door, four-seat car. How does it stack up to something that is known for performance when the Prius obviously isn't? So it's not a head-to-head. It's a really fun discussion. We have a lot of fun with it. The footage is good. I hope you've watched it. If you haven't, we'd love for you to. If you have, share it with somebody because that helps. Yeah, this Elantra N is definitely a performance benchmark, but it's tough to speak of any car about what is it capable of without having a benchmark from the segment next to it and Mm -hmm. having Mm seat-to-seat time. So no, it is Mm -hmm. not a direct comparison. That was never the point. But the fact that the Prius has changed so dramatically and gotten so good, the question is on our minds. The question is, it's a valid thing. And no, we're not expecting like, wow, it can totally keep up with a Civic Type R and Elantra. That's not the point. That's not what they've introduced. <laughs> not what it's going to do. Yeah. Not the segment. That's not the whole point of buying a Prius. But to get any sort of performance, where, where are we on the spectrum here? Mm-hmm. How close does it get? And even <laughs> breaking that gap and, and diminishing that gap at all is a huge compliment to the Prius. So yes, definitely, yeah, uh, definitely watch and share that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. 
Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Two really good car debates we're starting off with. Uh, well, in both cases, we've kind of got people that are walking in, swinging elbows, going, I think I should buy this. Do you guys agree? Which is actually kind of fun. So Nathan's starting writing to us from Michigan. In fact, both of these guys are in Michigan. And he's saying he's pretty sure that the answer to his car debate is a first-generation Chevy Volt. <laughs> but he's going to walk through the process anyway and see if we come up with something else. Well, Nathan also says, can he drive an automatic? Because he's always owned manual transmissions. He's never owned an automatic mm -hmm. on purpose. That's amazing. Very cool. Well, Nathan quit smoking last year. Congratulations, Nathan. That's great for your health. Very cool. Good for you. He says the deal with his wife is that he gets to buy a second sports car. That car will be a Mazda RX-8. He's got two kids. He's always wanted a rotary. He knows what he's getting into. Good thing. I'm glad we don't have to go into that right here. <laughs> we don't have to walk down that. That's good. Excellent. <laughs> he, yes. he knows. He says just usable enough for a few summer weekend road trips. And hopefully he can report back that Michigan does, in fact, have fun roads. But this second car puts him into a position he's never been in before. He's always had one car to do everything. And so, again, he's never owned an automatic. Through this list of two, four, six, eight, uh, almost 14 cars, he's had manual transmissions and many of them have been hatchbacks most have been mm -hmm. front-wheel drive but currently driving a 2013 ford focus hatchback he just wants something more sporty but then what does he get for the commute what does he get so and he's got this mazda that's that's going to be the sports car we're going the other direction for commuting yeah, this is what's so interesting because he's actually, he's, he's splitting his needs. He's going from, keep in mind that Ford Focus hatchback has been a great do-it-all because it's done all the family stuff, it's done all the commute stuff, it's also been his connection to fun driving. He's seeking out. Notice, he didn't ask us anything about what sports car to get. You notice that, Paul? He's quite decided. That's true. He, he's not like, while I'm here, I'd like to get That's... a sports car and a commuter. He's like, guys, I'm getting a sports car and it's this. I'm getting the Mazda RX-8. Don't talk me out of it. This true. is happening. True. So great. All right, fun. So he's going to get the Mazda RX-8. He's going to get that clearly in manual, and he he because it has that two plus two configuration. It has it? I mean, it's got that hidden door. It kind of has back seats. I mean, it is amazing the use of space in that car. So that will be the fun car. And he even says, as far as like a fun car that he will probably hope to take some road trips in. I mean, with the kids. I mean, this is going to be something. It's not just a try to find fun roads. It actually goes somewhere in that car. So all we're talking about for the other car is to be his commuter which reduces what it has to do immensely. True. He has an incredibly short commute. <laughs> he has like a mile and a half commute. He, you, could, you could almost like bike, walk, take a scooter. I, I mean, we're say, talking like that kind of that. thing. Yes, you, you could get something that's not even a car. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here. We really could broaden things out. Anyway, mm -hmm. but um, so what he's talked about is that, okay, he'd still like to have something that is four-door, four-seats, and so that, that is something that's still in his mind. He's tried to convince his wife that he should buy her a Kia Stinger or an Alfa Romeo Julia so he can have access to that car without buying something that doesn't have a manual transmission. But then that he turns him back. Access. Totally. <laughs> that turns him back into the fact that he's aware he's going to have a sports car that does really all the good driving he wants to do. He needs a commute car for a mile and a half commute. 
Mm. So he essentially, or, he thinks the Volt is the right answer because he would be pretty much all electric all the time but would have no range anxiety and save money even though with $25,000 to spend what he wants to buy, this is, this is classic Nathan because he's always had the performance car that does everything. He really has been looking at the Stinger, the Julia, the WRX, the Evo, or an <laughs> E90 BMW right. because, or maybe even an M5 while he's at it because he's so stuck in the car has to do everything. So he's trying to get us to tell him that the um, the Volt is the correct answer as the second car, even though where he'd like to land is the WRX or one of these other fun four doors. I mean, Nathan, you're going to be saving money regardless of what you get, whether it's a gas-powered, hybrid, or EV, because your commute's only 1.5 miles. So whatever you get, you're just going to be saving money because you're not driving far. Your catalytic converters aren't even going to warm up. You're going to need to go You're longer right. just to get the car warmed up properly and park it. Well, the elephant in the room, he writes, is the obvious drive homework from all the cars, Todd, that you listed from his email. Yep. But yep. Nathan's in the Saginaw, Michigan area, which is home to a running and operating GM factory, as well as no less than seven shutdown GM factories. <laughs> so everyone's dad, uncle, grandpa, brother, sister, everybody's worked for GM. So True. if he wanted an Impala or an Equinox or a Silverado, he is in oversupply heaven. <laughs> but since he doesn't want any of those things, he has to drive at least an hour and a half to find a decent car to test drive. So what you're saying is we should be buying old Chevy products like a Volt because those are just littering the streets there. But an Alfa Julia or a Kia Stinger, that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> of all these cars, I was wrong. It was 13 cars. Three of them have been Ford Foci. Mm -hmm. He's yep, on his like third, the 2013. For all these yep. 13 cars, he delivered pizza for about 12 years in there. A lot of them were cheap, disposable beaters, he admits, but sure. still four doors, four seats, and man transmission. So he's used to that, and that's kind of what he wants. And I do recognize the, the town that you're in, the area that you're in, the loyalty that people have. Yeah. I, I do yeah. understand and recognize that. But on the other hand, you're going way out on a limb, Nathan, and buying a Mazda RX-8. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not even a piston engine. People are going to be like, what did you yeah, do? Yeah, he has... Very much left the fold here. I mean, there is no, you know, there is no, you can make an excuse for that. It's like, well, it was built by Chevy. No, it, nothing about this is GM. Yeah. So if that ship has sailed around the world a couple of times already, then let's just embrace it even more because I decided with your budget, I mean, you, you said 25 grand and all, mm -hmm. listed all these great mm -hmm. cars. Yes, you could consider them, but I want you to have something a bit newer. I like your Stinger okay. and Julia idea. I do like the, hey, I got a belt sander from my wife kind of idea, and I can just use it whenever I want, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the joke. Yes, you get the Stinger and Julia for your wife, and then you have access to it. But no, it's not a manual. But I, I want you to get her what she wants. Hmm. So she's Look got the Good car job. that yep. she loves. Yep, agreed. And then over here with $25,000, you could consider all of these older, ooh, E39 M5. Uh, no, that's that's not for you. Not for your commute. That that needs <laughs> that needs open range, that needs to my be friend. Driven. Yeah, for sure. Not Absolutely. a mile and a half commute. Same with an E90. Oh, the V8, it's not going to like that very much. Even the E40, E46 M3. So I am thinking... Because you're kind of used to it, but they're really, really fun. They're among the most fun front-wheel drives. And the Ford Focus ST and Fiesta ST prove that front-wheel drive cars can be fun. I'm talking yeah, about the Honda yeah. Civic Si. Yes, 
Oh, look at you. Yeah, sure. I am blowing out your budget just a tiny bit because MSRP on the one that we drove was $29,000 and we don't know mm -hmm. what your current dealer can do or whatever dealer that you can find in the, uh, you know, the, uh, the kill zone, the radius around you, you'll, you'll have to go outside of that. But at that point, you'll be driving a Honda Civic Si, which is just fun. Nobody, nobody's going to look twice at your car. Like, oh, you just have a four-door car, but manual, they only come in manual, and it's yeah, got a yeah. ton of backseat space. It, it does. is a great a road trip car. It gets good gas mileage, and it has a little tiny screaming turbo with 200 horsepower. And it's so fun to drive They're to the very point. very fun, yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. I think with that budget, Nathan, you will have days where you walk outside and like, okay, I, I could do the RX-8, and I know that's going to be fun, but I do like how the Civic Si drives, and that could be fun too. Mm -hmm. Where am I going? What am I doing today? And you might have a little bit of trouble deciding which car you're going to drive. And it's a nice counterpoint to your rear-wheel drive, rotary-powered, kind of focused, very focused, hardcore sports car in the Mazda RX-8. That's good. And then you've good. got this as just, you know what? It's economical. It's not going to raise an eyebrow. But have you driven this thing? There's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Love it. They're so good. You just really get into it, and you start to rip around in those things. And it's like, yeah, this is really great. And it was twenty nine grand, $30,000. I, brand new as well, because again, if you're yeah, looking at yeah. these old BMWs, I don't want you to get down in, into uh, <laughs> that repair bill or, gosh, mm -hmm. didn't mm -hmm. know it needed this. It's a whole new can of worms that I didn't know about. You know, it's, you'll find it out on the forums. You'll find out from other owners, but I, I don't want that for you. You know, that's, yeah, in yeah. your situation, almost a third car. And those are great fun, but those are going to take care and feeding that the Honda won't. <laughs> Care and feeding is always what gets yeah. you. That's excellent, Paul. I think you may have actually done better than I did. I think that's really good. The thing that's interesting about this, Nate, is the fact that you don't have, uh, you claim, you don't have a need for this other car, the non-RX-8, we know the RX-8's happening, to do anything other than get you to the office. That's it. Which, that surprises me, because you, you talk about even the RX-8's going to be used for road trips. You don't tell us what your wife has, but obviously have some other car in play as well that probably is more of a family hauler, too. So this really is just a commute device. And while I understand that the Volt gets it done, I feel like I'd like you to branch out further into stuff that feels further away from stuff you've had. I like the Honda Civic Si actually quite a bit. That's actually really cool. I do think if this commute car is also going to do road trips, that's when you consider the Julia or the Stinger. Mm. And you should do those instead of the old BMWs because the Julia and Stinger, the key thing there is you don't have to make excuses for why you didn't get the manual. They don't come in manual. So you just sure. wanted to have that car and you bought it, okay? And they're new enough that you're not going to be side of the road with care and feeding like Paul brought up. So a Julia or a Stinger is great if the car is going to do more than just commute. If it really is just going to be this commute device, I think you do, you do look at electrics. Sure. And, I, and sure. while I like your Volt, and the Volt is fine, I understand the Volt is also, I hate to say this, it's acceptable because you're in a GM town. So you can drive a Volt. <laughs> I see what you did. Box I see checked. exactly what you did. What you need, because it is different than anything you've had, and I think the thing that is going to get you over the fact you didn't buy an auto is the fact that it's a, I mean, you didn't buy a manual and you bought an auto, is the fact that you're getting enough of a different experience that it feels okay to you. Mm -hmm. 
If you get yeah. something that could have come in a manual or, you know what, it feels a lot like that other thing I used to have and it was better because it had a manual, you're going to be frustrated. But if we get you a totally different experience that isn't even available in a manual, then I think you're going to get over it. And the car I think you should look at is the BMW i3. Oh, those are great for short commutes. Yeah. They're great for short, short commutes. They've got like a hundred mile range, most of them. They're available used for less than your budget. I know you want to drive this thing year round. Those BMW i3s, because I've looked at them, they, they have a weird tire size, but you can get all performance, all seasons, and you can also get um, full winter tires for the i3. Your commute is a mile and a half. Any gasoline car is not even going to get warmed up in the winter. Maybe not even in the summer. In a mile and a half. Exactly. Not in so, the dead of summer. <laughs> but but the yeah but the 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 scale of the i3 is actually even though it's small it actually does have usable back seats and it has suicide doors like that RX8 you're about to get. So your kids your your wife and kids can get in the i3 and go somewhere if need be as long as it's less than 100 miles. You have other cars to do the longer trips. I think that's your answer. That's pretty good. Todd, I think you want an i3 more than Nathan, more than you want one for Nathan. I, well, I, I think you've considered I'm very that for a long time. Like the winter I, beater. I'm fascinated by it. That is, that is the winter beater electric car that I would buy. I'm putting it out here. I, it, hmm. I don't know if I will, but I have certainly considered it. That's why I know that it has winter tires. I've looked into them. My wife finds them catastrophically ugly, and my son is always like, huh, what is that again? <laughs> so who knows? Bamboo, you know, but we'll huh? see. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Office <laughs> carpet and bamboo on the inside. But, hmm. but whatever, yeah, for sure. We always recommend that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is brakes. An upgraded braking system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. From the track to the trail, even your morning commute, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter your vehicle and driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. Just go to PowerStop.com and you fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder. You'll get matched with complete kits with components that are low dust, which we've seen, noise-free, which is amazing, and feature upgraded stopping power. We've seen great results firsthand on our cars, and we encourage you to improve your car with better brakes from PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy. Alex is also writing in. He's our second car debate. He is currently in Michigan, about to move to Germany, and he is from Brazil. So there's a lot of varied car stuff going on here. Yeah, Alex, thanks for writing to us. He has been in the U.S. since 2021 on, on this work assignment. He discovered us watching the road trip from Utah all the way to the East Coast, and then he's mm. been watching our videos on YouTube. Alex, really appreciate it. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, he's had countless cars. In Brazil, his dad had a car dealership. And he used to use these cars. He let them take it till they were sold. And since mm. he arrived in the U.S., he leased a Bronco Sport for his wife. And on the snowy days in Michigan, since they're close to Detroit, they've got a Camaro. Oh, he has got a Camaro LT1 V8 manual. He loves it. He's been commuting. He does, you fun. haven't had that car in Brazil. That's why he's enjoying it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He says road trips, even in the snow in Michigan with winter tires. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Only a few days he's found it hard to use, and luckily he's got the Bronco S. So yes, well done. Now the company that he works for is transferring him to Germany to their headquarters in a medium-sized town close to the Dutch border, and he's been wondering what car to buy when he gets there. Hmm. Whatever he buys should have back seats for his six-year-old son and have reasonable space for bags in the trunk on car trips and he's thinking he's only got one car for the family because the city, of course, has plenty of trains and public transport. And his wife is not very excited about a, taking the German driver's license exam. Hmm. Okay, yeah. 
but he wants something fun that he can use on autobahns and twisty European roads. Somewhat commute, but he wants, his idea is more about that autobahn speed, the twisty roads, the fun car. It's gotta be everything. Yeah, it's gotta be everything in Germany. He thought about 2018 and newer BMW 440i's, the CLA AMG 35's, but not the 45's, he's trying to keep the price down. Audi S5's, also the Alfa Giulia Veloce. All used That's cool. because yeah. of price, because of the, the, uh, the budget, which is 40,000 euro. And he wants us to provide him with ideas, even though he says our podcast is mostly for American cars. Sure, he sees us going and commenting about European trips, and definitely we, we study the European market, although we don't always, Alex, know what is currently available. We're, we, when we take on debates from people around the world, we have to really kind of dive into that market to, to understand Okay, that yeah, new car yeah. that I thought was being sold there, they discontinued it, or they've moved on <laughs> to other models, out. or they <laughs> carved that brand off into a brand new car company all of its own, Cupra. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. a separate thing now. So, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we definitely, I, I love it when, uh, when we discover cars, and then we sort of long for the forbidden fruit, you know, wish we got such and such car over in, uh, in the sure, U.S., yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, and he also says he loves it when we comment about Ayrton Senna. He was Alex's idol since childhood, and being Brazilian, he says it's even more special. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was cool. fun. I traveled to uh, uh, Brazil, to Rio, in 2007 for my cousin's wedding over there, and it was just a bunch of fun and really nice to tour around and walk around and bicycle around the lagoon and the city, and it was really fun, Alex. Really enjoyed it. So. I totally agree. Brazil has a, a place in my heart after experiencing the people, the culture, the, the entire country. It was just, it was really great. So I love it. And uh, I think I have my car for you, Alex. Do you? Uh, good. Good, good. Thinking about all your good choices here. I love the AMG 35. Of course, the 45 is great, but we could back it off to the 35. Yes, mm-hmm. Audis. I mean, you're, you're thinking about all the right cars. And and all those cars you suggested, their natural habitat, of course, is Germany and the Autobahn speeds. So if we're going to do that and we're going to embrace it, can you buy an M2 for 40,000 euros? I wondered the exact same thing. Did That's you really? Top of my list. Because I, I th- thought this. I thought he, the, he wants it to be the do-it-all, which means it needs to commute, which makes me think small. Mm-hmm. He also wants to have back roads, which also makes me think small. The only time I think big is when we talk Autobahn. But a, a, the M240, like I'm talking the prior Gen 2 series to the one that's out right now. The prior Gen 2 series, we've driven in every possible spec, including the M240, a lot on the ring and spa and on the Autobahn. It's a great car in all of those scenarios. On track, on the Autobahn, going through little tiny German villages, it's not too big. The 440 is starting to get too big. So yeah. And also, the prior Gen M2 uh, series, all the way up through the M2, had decent back seat space. Yes. And actually, we haven't had them back-to-back, but we've actually heard people say that the back seat space on the prior Gen is a little bit more than the current Gen. So I think that is the right model. I think at minimum M240, but I think if you can pull an M2 off, if you can stretch a little bit to get the M2, get the M2. It's amazing. I was thinking 240 as well, just because of the size. The performance yeah, for the agreed. size is agreed. practically yeah, unmatched. Sure. And then you factor in the trunk and the back seat. It's sort of like, yes, this is such a great car for, for the things that you need it for. But yeah, I'd love it if you could step up to the M2. Manual, DCT, either one that you love. And that could be your car to bomb around Germany. And I, I do love that. So. I like it. I, I did think of some alts. If that car is, uh, we have to do something more than a two-door. It's not going to work. You could do a Renault Megane. 
That is really good. You get one of the hotter specs of the Renault Megane. We always like that car. That mm -hmm. is a for mm -hmm. forbidden fruit car for us. You can also do the second-gen Fiesta ST that we didn't get. Of course, that's smaller, but that's a really cool car. That's compelling. If you need Gosh. space, you can't go wrong with that Alfa Giulia. Just get an Alfa Giulia. Yeah. You will thoroughly enjoy that car. That has excellent, excellent steering. I, I think the handling of that is better than the big BMWs right now. It's really fun to drive. It would be good on the Autobahn. You would enjoy that Giulia. And then I also thought of another forbidden fruit. If none of these have the space you need and you just think, I need more space, well, you're in Europe. That means wagons, and you could go Skoda Octavia wagon. Oh. We've driven that. It is surprisingly agile. It is essentially like a last-gen A4 wagon, which we didn't get in the States. And one of the years that we went to the ring, we were standing there at YouTube Corner. It's called that. It's actually not called that, but it's called that <laughs> colloquially because that's where everybody has seen videos from. There's a couple of standard places people shoot videos from, and that's where most people do things that are really profoundly stupid. But anyway, we were standing at YouTube Corner, and we heard this, this tire howling coming. We were like, what is coming? And four or five Skoda Octavia wagons were doing development drives, and they were nose to tail, and they went careening around that corner and out of sight. We were like, you know, those are cooler than we thought they were. That's, that was really, and they came around a lot. They were hooning those things. So that is a total oddball, but it exists a lot of space. In fact, forever ago, Paul and I and Tom did a three-person review mm, in a Skoda Octavia. That's good. That's crazy. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. It's, <laughs> it's always comforting to see wagons being driven at their limit by helmeted drivers, test drivers. Yes, absolutely. around the ring. It's mm -hmm. always a little weird when you see a camoed Range Rover autobiography go by and it's listing like a that's broken not right. ferry. That, and that's officially not right. Like, yeah. Why would you develop this for the ring? Why? Nobody cares. Nobody will drive their Range Rover <laughs> ever <laughs> on track here. Slowly down Rodeo Drive, check. <laughs> Quickly through the quarters of the ring, no. But yeah, you're right. That was a sight to see, like wagons. And they were like, what were those? Were those Mercedes, BMW? Skoda, yes. <laughs> Thank you guys, as always, for sending in great questions. We've got a few to cover here. This podcast is going to be a little shorter because we're, we're doing it remotely. But I'm going to start right here with a eagle eye opportunity from Thomas Downey on Facebook, who said, wait a minute. In the Auto Tempest ad segment on Remember Hot Hatches, and we've also used it since, he said, I just noticed that Paul is scrolling through Auto Tempest looking at C8s. Uh. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thomas, this was not an accident. Anyway, he said, <laughs> he loves that it's an Easter egg. How long have we been set on the C8 as the next show car? We've known since middle of the snowy spring because we had arrangements with manufacturers, not sorry, arrangements with sponsors that wanted to get on board a series related to the C8, which is why we ended up getting this car in this timing because we got to a place where it was like, we need one kind of immediately and things had finally melted. So it was time to go get a car. So that's where all the pieces come together. We have been kind of silently stalking them for a couple months and seeing what the prices were, and that, that is if you, all the ones we wanted were eighty to eighty-five to $90,000, which was insane. And of course, if you wanted to order one, you had to wait at the dealer. And of course, we don't know the time frame on that. We need one a specific time frame. So you see the progression happening. Now we have a C8 and it's pretty darn cool. Yeah, I agree. There's a question on Instagram from Peter, are you there? Who says Toyota has teased developing more GR vehicles lately. Besides a new MR2 or Toyota selling the GR Yaris in the US, what Toyota would we like to see GRified 
Hmm. Peter wouldn't mind a GR Camry with 3.0 Supra engine, pipe dream. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And we've talked about the GR Prius Prime, the grime could be interesting. <laughs> it just, it rolls I off. enjoy that more than I should. The, the Prius grime is very good, yes. So we could do that. But interestingly, <laughs> just like all the, the talk, you, you know where I am during this podcast and, and everybody, all the journalists around here are t- talking, of course, about the TRD Pro off-road version of the new mm-hmm. Taco. And yeah. then now dreaming about the as yet to be revealed or talked about Forerunner whenever the new Forerunner comes out and doing sure. the same thing with those seats, that much power, and mm. maybe a manual mm. transmission. I mean, of course, we all dream. We're, we're all like, oh, ultimate Forerunner. And we kind of have those conversations with Toyota executives and, and Toyota various Toyota people around the event. And they and they nod very nicely. They, oh, they do. interesting. They, they nod oh, and smile. Oh, very interesting. Say, yeah. Oh, look, how about some more mango? Would you like some pineapple? And so, (laughs) (laughs) tell everyone you like our truck. Tell everyone you like it. Yeah, exactly. So, if you think about it, Peter, everything in the market, everybody buys SUVs. But then there's the higher end manufacturers that have the performance versions of SUVs, which is something Toyota doesn't have, like to compete against, say, a Macan GTS. Or oh, you're some, terrifying some me. Okay. GLC 43 AMG Mercedes product at a lower level with practically as much or maybe even more power that is more bang for your buck. And it could be done since they all already did it with the Corolla, GR Corolla. Mm-hmm. How about the GR Corolla Cross? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the conversations oh. are endless. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because you're, you're buying right. SUVs, you want more space. It can't be too big if it's a performance, super high performance. I mean, on the other hand, there's Cayenne turbos and you know, there are Cayenne those. GTs, those are, still, those are mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh huh. I'm I'm not saying about a GR Sequoia. That's not in the running. Because that's TRD Pro. But yeah, take your that, point. that would be yep. yeah that, that would change. But still, how about a GR Corolla Cross? That seems like a natural next evolution that appeals to people's needs and a budget, and still being very high performance, it could be lowered, and now we're competing against Macans. That's you're talking interesting. About, you're talking about the Grav 4, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> they have every other spec of the Rav 4. Why not the Grav 4? Oh, I hate myself a little bit for bringing it up. But anyway, there it is. Oh, wow. Mitchell Edwards on Facebook says, here's one, Pontiac gets to come back. Okay. Can we get rid of the bubble, the bubble interior and the, and the body clad styling? Can we just leave that Subaru now? Yeah, that was a shot. Anyway, we get five different vehicles. We have to use existing GM platforms and engines. What do we make? This could get lengthy, but I'm going to see if I can do it quickly. The Alpha platform becomes the new uh, Pontiac G8, which takes over for the SS, which of course died. But you actually make that in the U.S., new styling, make it look mean, make it look kind of like a cross between the Camaro and the, uh, the Cadillac CT4 Blackwing. What is the, the mer- merging of those two for the new SS? I, I don't know how we get a chassis to bring back the Pontiac Solstice, but we need to. That needs to come back. There's a bunch of engines available for that. You're going to, of course, you're going to do the Pontiac version of the Blazer, but you're going to make it high performance. So that happens. There's probably going to be a Pontiac EV, which of course will be built on the Lyric platform. And then uh, what else do we make here? Because GM's not making very many cars anymore. We may be done with cars, which is unfortunate. So we'll probably end up with maybe we'll do like Pontiac 
pickup truck mm. is what Raptor is to uh, Ford. So you take a Silverado and you make a Raptor version of the Silverado and you call it something else under, like the Pontiac Tomahawk or something, okay? Interesting, okay. And you make, you make a, a, a Raptor competitor under Pontiac that is a pickup. <laughs> wow, okay. That's pretty good. I, see, I love the conversations when people try to describe ideal cars, but within the confines of what they know product planners could do. From, sure, from yeah. parts, and, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we could do mm -hmm. this, will they or not? You have to see a business case. So therefore, Ted Theologan says, what car would we choose for a modern update on the movie when book Christine? The Dodge Demon feels like cheating. Sure, but what if we got away from Stellantis products altogether? Because the car that Todd and I always felt like just wanted to kill us all the time, from, <laughs> without even turning it on, was the C7 ZR1. True. Yeah, yeah. That was that was quite angry. It was it was looking to kill people for sure, for sure. What you need actually to to redo the Christine is you need a, a big angry grill, in yeah. the in the rearview mirror, and I actually thought that the the new Stinger works. Sure. That looks mean sure. behind you. I think that look if we get away from you know the Dodge products because that of course works as well. But the new Stinger works. The new Camaro works. The new Camaro the works. The new Camaro is very, very angry. But you know, the, uh, Christine never seemed like a performance car behind it. it just had this big, angry grill. But uh, who knows? I mean, um, <laughs> all the modern cars available for Stephen King books. I've read a couple of Stephen King books, and he's stumbled over some car information. I'm like, okay, not your, not your thing. But it <laughs> exactly. doesn't matter. Exactly. So anyway, um, speaking of older cars, Marvin on Insta Instagram says, how would we describe the difference in driving feel of a carbureted car to someone who's only ever driven modern cars, or he's saying by, uh, he's saying here meaning they'd be fuel-injected cars. So carbureted car versus fuel-injected car. The big thing, Marvin, is it actually feels more like a creature when it's carbureted. It feels less like a robot and more like a creature. When you sit at the light in a car that's carbureted, it kind of runs. I mean, it runs, mm -hmm. but it's not happy about it. It burbles, it hiccups, it does some weird things that you're like, why are you making that noise right now? I mean, there's stuff like that going on. And, and it, it, it's, it's just, it's rougher at the light, which is actually kind of endearing. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, mm -hmm. but you never mm -hmm. sit at a light in a, a fuel-injected car and it never has the same personality as a carbureted car. Also, the, the, the throttle response ends up being different as a result. I mean, you can almost, you can almost feel the fuel dump, you know, when you, when you really put your foot into it. You can hear it all, first. All the, yeah, all the carburetors open up, you're like, oh, here it comes. So it, it, it definitely has, it, uh, all, uh, there are people, many people have said this before me, but ultimately a, an automotive engine or an engine of any kind, a combustion engine, is a breathing machine. Mm -hmm. And never is that more apparent when it's a carburetor sucking in fuel and air through a gaping hole in the top of its head. You can really tell the breathing then. Except if you're at high altitude and a you know hundred. And then there's no breathing. And... Well, then it's a breathing machine too. It just can't breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you've got vapor it's gasping. Lock. Yeah, uh -huh. so that's awesome. Let's see. Uh, Alex HC09 says two scenarios. One is the 928 has successfully killed the 911, and the Mustang continues on. Ooh. I saw Scenario this. two, the Ford Probe successfully kills the Mustang, but the 911 Oof. continues. Oof. Oh. What does this do to the two brands, but also the competition of the 911 and the Mustang, or what the Probe and 928 could evolve into? Which would we choose? Mm. That means, ooh, dumping my beloved 928. 
but with the way that, gosh, both 911 and Mustang brands have far proliferated anything that the Probe or the 928 did. But even when those cars were alive and in production, the love for both of them was never as high as they were for the 911 and the Mustang. They, yes, true. And true. Yeah, you're right. The car companies deliberately kept them back, essentially. I mean, if you if you kill a 911 Mustang, you would have to put all your mojo into the Ford Probe becoming something incredible. Well, you mm -hmm. might as you kind of already have it with the Mustang, and the 928. As good as it is, it didn't have the versatility from track to GT car like the 911 did. The 928 was good at GT car things, and people have tried yeah, to track yeah. those, and they've lightweighted them, and they are successful moderately, but not as successful as the 911, despite its def you know physics-defying engine placement and everything that it can do. So I I. Ugh. I, I mean, I love 911s. I do like 911s. Probably Mustangs a second place for me, though. I think that the of those two scenarios, the uh, the the Mustang going away and becoming the Probe is the least likely. The 928 killing the 911. I mean, there's there's obviously lots of issues you brought up there, Paul. But I think there's a vague possibility of that working because at least it's rear wheel drive and it still suggests sports car. Yeah. The biggest problem with the Probe, whose whose second generation styling I actually thought was great, but the biggest <laughs> problem is it name. was, a, it was a front wheel drive car. Yeah, terrible name. But it was uh. a front wheel drive car replacing an iconic rear wheel drive sports car, mm -hmm. and that was a much bigger leap, I think, even than saying let's not make our rear engine classic anymore. So I, I think that, I'm not surprised at all that the Mustang soldiered on and the Ford Probe didn't. What are the top three cars, top three best cars to own in Hawaii from Jared Rose One? <laughs> Does the island that I'm on have good or bad driving roads? They are actually pretty good, but it's the big island, which I had never been to, and there's mm. far more volcanic rock as part of the landscaping for many of the hotels and, mm. and residences around here. And, and it just seems like, let's just grind up a bunch of volcanic rock and make roads out of it. It's here. We're not yeah. shipping anything in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the roads are actually great. But what I noticed is when you're here, you're, you're on island time. There, yeah. You, you could drive yeah. fast, but the speed limit is 45 miles an hour. And everybody kind of cruises at about 44. No one's in a hurry. <laughs> so it makes sure, no yeah. sense. Although I did see a C8 Stingray in blue uh, yesterday as I was driving around. Oh, interesting. Okay. It went the other way and I was like, that can't be a rental. I mean, maybe it is, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. So somebody was enjoying themselves. But Funny. I have decided that it's got to be something tiny and underpowered. So when you are hard on the throttle and you're going 45 miles an hour, you feel like you'll be going 100. So any little sure. tiny thing yeah. would be okay. ideal. I mean, so, okay, top three would be whatever rental car you got because you can you know, <laughs> buy, get the insurance and you can drive it across a cooled lava field, right? No yeah. problems. And then I did see a lifted truck, which seems like, you know, an older Toyota, which was lifted, big tires on it. I thought, okay, that might be pretty useful in some places. And then the third should be like something tiny, like really tiny, like a so K, K car. cars in Kona, K cars in Kona and Kauai. I'm making yes. it work. Yeah, that, for that sure. Be, okay, because they're tiny, you can park yeah, them anywhere, it. and everybody's just cruising. It's mm -hmm. island. That's time. funny. Yeah, that's really funny. I like it. <laughs> Guys, thank you for all your questions. As Todd said, this is a little bit shorter since uh, we're not in the studio. I'm not in the studio, and uh, lots to do. So check out that Prius piece, and again. You've heard us discuss our headspace on it and the approach, 
but it's just it's very encouraging from where Toyota is going with all of their vehicles and it's this you know this ongoing mm -hmm. march towards good driving and driving fun and so that's what we set out to, to do with this piece so check that out that is on our original channel now and then you'll see more from that Toyota Tacoma coming I mean look at the backs of the seats on the TRD Pro they're insane looking they're sweet madness so you know it bodes well for dropping those into the next forerunner and on and on and on <laughs> so yeah <laughs> How long do they try to do seat wars and get those into sports cars? I wonder. Seat might happen. wars. I mean, we don't need... Seat propping you up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, everybody has carbon buckets. <laughs> you want the carbon buckets in whatever car. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, here we go with the off-road stuff. So, looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.